Hello? Can you hear me? I can hear you. Can you hear me? Clem Fandango. <laughs> In the meanwhile, hello everybody, and welcome to Avengers Spotlight. I'm Paul Spataro, and that is Dr. Bill Robinson. <laughs> That's the evil Dr. Bill. Because most, hey, most, I... most doctors in comic books are evil. Um... Now, the doctors that are not evil generally don't go by doctor. Like, you have Dr. Reed Richards, but he doesn't go by doctor. Dr. Don Blake? Okay, that's one. You got Doctor Doom, Doctor. He's Savannah, not evil from a certain point of view. From a certain point of view, Doctor Savannah. Uh, Doctor Strange. Doctor Strange. He's not okay, evil. That's another known one. Doc Savage, Man of Bronze. Doc Samson. See, there's right, lots so, of so Docs. I've, I've been disproven. Doctor Pym. Eh. Yeah, he's, he's, yeah, go smack your wife. Certain point of view. Once he smacked her once. Jeez. Probably just being an emotional. Thing. What was I listening to? What was I listening to? I think it was Gene and Adam on the Quantum Cast. I think, I think it was them. It was just recently, and they were saying how Hank Pym gets that rep, but yet Peter Parker, I guess, smacked uh, Mary Jane. Smack a smack a good backhanded her. I guess yeah. when she was pregnant. Yeah. And he's got the proportional strength of a spider and Hank Pym not so much. So who's the wrong? Nobody remembers Peter Parker. Oh, Peter Parker's such a nice guy. Yeah, away. She deserved it. Oh, She, she was asking for it. Sent all misogynist pig emails to back to the bins. Sometimes you just gotta smack them and put them in their place. Oh my god. <laughs> Paul had a wonderful podcasting career. If anybody believes that I believe that, then they don't know me. Anyway, I have some thank yous to give out to people who are sending things to my house without specifying who's sending them. And I got two things in the mail recently, one of which I feel bad about, but will go to good use just the same. Was uh, it a ticking avocado, was it? No, it's not a ticking avocado. Do you know a, what that a, reference is from? I know I've heard it, but I can't tell you <laughs> where it's from. Uh, should I tell you or let, let you stew? You can let me stew, it's fine. I'll let you stew. I'll, I'll try to remember by the end of the show if you can remember where. And don't go typing it in. All right. Anyway, <laughs> anyway, I uh, I got a copy of Marvel Two and One Number Five. Now, what happened was, friend of the show Socrates Alvarez purchased a copy of that for me a couple of months ago and sent it over to me. You know, very 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 much appreciated. And uh, that completed my run of Marvel Two and One, thankfully. And, uh, you know, what happened was I had an episode where I thanked him for that. So I thank him again. But there was also an episode where I uh, did not, where I mentioned that I was still looking for it before that. And uh, they aired out of order. So I'm thinking I gave the wrong message to somebody saying that I needed it. Then, then I received another copy of it in the mail. And uh, it was just obviously purchased on eBay by somebody, and I, I want to thank you very much for purchasing it for me, but I now I have two copies. Uh, I know you intended to give it to me and sent it to me, and I appreciate that. Uh, but now that I have two copies, I am going to pass one on to my good friend, Dr. Bill, who needs one for his collection. So it is going to go into a, a good home and, uh, and, and fill a, a need. Uh, and I apologize that they aired out of order and I gave the wrong impression. 
today I got in the mail a book called The League of Regrettable Superheroes. Again, it was ordered apparently, but no hmm. no message as to who ordered it for me. And it, it's got, you know, it's a short, small book, and it's got basically one or two page articles about a bunch of just, you know, like weird characters. Uh, you know, it starts off with the Golden Age. You got a character called Dr. Hormone, you got uh, Dr. Vampire, Doll Man. And then it goes into the more, you know, the more recent, you know, it works its way forward. Uh, Brother Power the Geek, Fat Man. Yeah, this, you know, this, I guess this is based on the conversation we recently had uh, about uh, Herbie and uh, the other Captain Marvel. And then it goes into, like, the 70s with Prez and the Sons of Superman and Batman. Uh, is a ticking avocado from uh, Batman? No, oh, okay. It was a guess. All right, I'll keep thinking. Uh, yeah, so so this, it's a pretty cool book, and I have to, you know, I just came today, so I haven't had a chance to read it yet, and it's it should take uh, I don't well, know, maybe, maybe about forty minutes to read the whole thing. I'm guessing. Was it? Um, I'd asked before. Was it? Uh, is it just DC heroes or like all? No, it's, uh, all, it's all, all just all com- companies. comics okay. in general. Oh, cool. It's you know, it's a small book, you know, kind of a. A hand-sized book, and it's about uh, 120, 128 pages. Excellent bathroom material. Yes, perfect bathroom material. Yes, you can read an entry or two and move along. Alamarine. <laughs> and for those of you who don't get that reference, listen to Listen to the Prophets, playing now on your local Two True Freaks podcast network. Yeah, plug, plug, plug. What, what Bill said. Well, uh, I, for one, would like to thank my unknown benefactor for Marvel 2-in-1 number 5. <laughs> yes. Yeah, un- un- unknown and unintentional. <laughs> well, I don't think we have any new news for comics at the moment or the Avengers because we're still waiting. We're in the, the waiting period for uh, the next Marvel movie should be Captain Marvel next year. I believe in March ish, February? Possibly. I don't know. And then uh Do they have a title yet for the new movie? Uh I heard like you know so I heard something just today and I don't remember what it was now. <laughs> ah well. It was something like, you know, the Aven- Avengers the final something or other. The final countdown? I'm pretty sure that wasn't it. Oh. You mean they're not going to get it on an aircraft carrier and go back in time? That would be cool. They may go back in time, though. Mm. It's going to be interesting to see where they go as far as these actors and actresses and, and who's going to continue in the Marvel Universe and who's not. and who's. I, I assume the next movie will end with characters... Theoretically dying. Well, and then they can always revive them if they, you know, they'll 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 leave loopholes to bring them back if they decide. Well, they to. might they might just retire, or you never know. I mean, I've heard some on some podcasts. The theories have been, you know, that Tony Stark, uh, you know, that Robert Downey Jr. could still be, um, you know, he could function as like the AI for. Whoever, you know, if they do uh, Riri Williams, he could be the AI in her suit and just do voiceovers. And, um, I mean, we know that... The problem that, is I, I don't see the box office for that. Yeah, that's true. I don't know. They could only back that well. I, you know, they are making hand over fists in, in, in money right now. And they but haven't, they they haven't had a bad one yet, and they've surprised me with their ability to actually make some of the hits that they've made. So I, I wouldn't want to totally discount any kind of plan that they have. Uh, but I think, you know, it's going to be difficult. I think partic- in particular, Robert Downey Jr. and Chris Evans are going to be very difficult to replace. Mm. But I think sooner or later, even if you try to go, you know, for a little bit, little while longer with them, sooner or later they're going to have to be. And are they going to be content to just say, yeah, those characters are retired, we're not using them anymore? Or are they going to reboot them at some point? Or are they going well, to just one point recast they made, them? 
they made Steve Rogers had a shield in the comics at one point. They could do that, and then he could just have minor appearances. He doesn't have to be, you know, he could pass the torch to Bucky or, you know, because it's been past the Bucky, it's been past the Sam Wilson. Yeah, and it always goes back to Steve Rogers, though. Well, yeah. That's the moneymaker for them. That's the character everybody knows. Mm. I guess we'll have to wait and see. I think we will. Anyway. Well, we don't have any news. I mean, no not news. news. Any email. So, well, we have one, but we're saving that for when Scott gets here. When Scott Fandango is here. Can you hear me, Scott Fandango? No, I guess not, because he's not. Oh, wait. <laughs> Some of you may have listened to that episode already whenever I edit it. In the future, or the past, or ever. And for what it's worth, people who are listening and saying, where the heck is Scott? He never comes on. We were actually on Skype last night with Scott, and unfortunately he was having some computer technical difficulties, which prevented us from recording an episode. But he is still around. We can assure you of that. (laughs) He's still around, and he's still part of our group, even though he hasn't had the ability to get on with us for a while. And my dog is here, in case anybody heard that. Bark. So what are we covering today? We're covering barks. Well, tonight we are covering... We're we're at the Penopla... Not Penelope, not Petula. The (laughs) Penopla... The dog's messing me up. Penultimate. Yeah, I said that right. Words. Words are confusing for me. Penultimate, right? Banana, penultimate, banana, the one before the end. Yeah, that of the serpent crown, because we kind of bled into the the old west and the serpent crown. We're going together, and now we're just uh, just the serpent crown. Tonight it's Avengers 148, 20,000 leagues under justice. Huh? Oh, it's kind of an odd title, and it has one of the most misleading covers you can get. Misleading covers. Yes. Not only that, it's the the, the next. Uh, well, the the blah blah blah. The splash page is misleading too. <laughs> that doesn't happen either. Yeah, exactly. Well, the splash page plays on the cover. Yeah. So, Avengers one one forty eight June nineteen seventy six. I do not have the. That's the cover, so it was probably about three months earlier. The uh, Okay, so we played this game last time. Last time, when we left our hero, Paul Spataro, he tried to guess the cover artist and was wrong. Will he succeed this oh, time? It's, it's so clearly Jack Kirby. It's, it's, <laughs> it's not possible for this to be anybody else. You are wrong. This My book says Rich Buckler. I think your book is wrong this time. Let's look. Let's go to the internet. The definitive source of everything that is wrong with the world. I mean, uh, all the of all information. All right, let's look it up, or let's if, go to Marvel. If this, is, if this is a Buckler cover, this is Buckler doing Kirby. Oh, I'll agree with that because I looked at it too and thought it was. It was like, wow. Well, this one must be Jack Kirby. Wow, well, my book says no. Are you looking it up, or I need to look uh, it up? Well, we could both look it up. I'll look at on Mike's Amazing World. You look at wherever you want to look. Marvel do, Database. So that way we have three different sources. Marvel Database, cover artist Jack Kirby. Moving on from Marvel Database to... I was looking for Comic Book DB. Do 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 oh, 146. Gotta go one more page. Boom, 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 148. It says. I, I gotta think your book is wrong on this one. Why? You're not finding it? No, well, I found it on the mobile database, said, said Jack Kirby. Well, you know what? On the cover credits here, it says Penciler Jack Kirby, inker Mike Esposito. But my book says something different. I don't know which is the correct source. I, I'm gonna. We're gonna use the comic book DB as the tiebreaker here. One forty-eight. Hmm. 
Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna do- double check the cover, uh, where's it? Last cover artists. It says Dan Crespi and Jack Kirby. Well, mine says Dan Crespi with the letters. See, okay, so 147, Mike's Amazing World says Rich Buckler, and that's what the last one had. Yeah, and the last one, I had, at first glance, I thought it was Kirby, and then uh, you, you, you eventually got me around to, yes, it was Buckler. This one, you're not getting me around to that. Did Kirby ever hide his signature, or Buckler ever hide his signature anywhere? Uh, no, I don't I, see a signature. Yeah, I don't see any signature on here. Hmm. I mean, it does look more Kirby than Buckler. Oh, it's it's it screams Kirby. Kirby! Well, we have no more sources than not say Kirby. So I guess for now we will say Kirby. So, on the cover, and uh, side note, I have this cover um, I bought from my LCS when they were moving. Um, they had this image on a, like those wood plaques you could buy that were like a... Oh, yeah, two, yeah, yeah. Like a two-foot, but like it's a, like, what, what do you think about a two times the size of the cover? Yeah, They're like I, have, maybe, I have a few of those. Yeah, so I have this. I got it for 10 bucks. That's, that's, about, up. that's about the price for it. It was a little chewed up on one corner, but I'm like, you know, hey, I'll take it. It's like like this. It's like the size of a print you get at a uh, at, at at a convention, but it's 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 mounted on a nice wood plaque mm-hmm. or a press board, whatever, you know. Yeah, I have about four four or five of those. In the house. So we have Hyperion basically bench pressing overhead, doing an overhead press with Thor's limp and lifeless body. And let's start off by the fact that Thor is not involved in the fight at all. Oh, yeah, that yeah, that's true, too. He's not even on this world. Not even in this dimension. He's, he's in this book for one page that has nothing to do... You know, it's a subplot or a side plot. Yeah. All right, well, since we're on my, I'm on my, Mike's Amazing World, the on-sale date was March 16th, 1976. So, anyway, back to the cover. We've got Hyperion, like I said, getting ready to toss uh, Thor on the superhero trash heap. And that his feet are already um, the beast. You know who's not here? Scarlet Witch. Yeah, good point. Yeah, we got Beast, Hellcat, Vision, Iron Man, Cap. Iron Man and Cap on top of the Beast. That can't be comfortable. (laughs) Hellcat looks like she's just like slipped in for the photo like it's a like it's a selfie and uh, oh we also have the squadron supreme or uh, Captain Hawk is to the left behind Hyperion and uh, Dr. Spectrum is on the right Fist, both of them have fists raised and uh, Captain Hawk says stand aside Avengers the squadron supreme is taking over and the captions read, it's action all the way, enough said. As the rest of the squadron is also coming in from all sides and everything. You just see like half of people's heads. Like yeah, they're leaning so on in. On the side you see uh, Amphibian. Aqu- Aquaman and uh, It's not Aquaman. <laughs> Green Arrow. Well, who's and Tom Thumb supposed to be? The Atom. Oh, good point. Didn't think of that. And Lady Lark, who's... Um, Black Canary. Black Canary, uh, Dr. Spectrum would be Green Lantern, and Captain Hawk would be Hawkman. And Hyperion, of course, would be Superman. But we know that they're Justice League and alone. Mm-hmm. So, uh, before we jump into the rest of the book, I will read the synopsis from my handy-dandy, now in three pieces, official handbook of the Marvel Universe, because it's falling apart. Uh, uh, official index of the Avengers. So the synopsis. Oh well, you know I am I am terrible. I am horrible. So Steve Englehart is the writer. George Perez is the pencils. Sam Granger does the inks. Tom Orzakowski does the letters. Hugh Paley does the colors. Marv Wolfman is the editor. Editor. God darn it! What is with words? Words. Words confuse me. And my book says Rich Buckler, but I think we agreed it's not. Unless someone else has definitive proof, we will say it's Jack Kirby. Our synopsis goes like so. 
Directed by their world's U.S. president and cadre cartel head, Nelson Rockefeller, the Squadron Supreme seek to retrieve Rockefeller's mystic serpent crown, recently stolen by the Avengers. The Squadron's amphibian, Captain Hawk, excuse me, Captain Hawk, and Tom Thumb pursue Avengers trainees, Beast and Hellcat, Hellcat while Dr. Spectrum and Wizard go after senior Avengers, Captain America, and Iron Man. Hellcat's agility defeats an overconfident amphibian. Beast and Hellcat join forces to defeat Tom Thumb. Beast tricks a bloodthirsty Captain Hawk into knocking himself out. Captain America downs a cocky wizard. Can't believe I just said that. <laughs> With a boomerang-style shield toss. Oh, God, I'm going to rip that apart when we get there. And Iron Man nullifies Spectrum's prism using his ultraviolet beam. The four victorious heroes reunite with their teammates, Vision and Scarlet Witch, who have the Serpent Crown and warn of its ability to mentally influence the people around it. Trying to make the squadron realize how they have been manipulated, Vision has Beast pose as Nelson Rockefeller long enough to lecture the squadron about their mistakes before the Avengers head back to their own Earth. Starting to realize their folly, the squadron do not pursue them. Meanwhile, back on on the Avengers Earth, Moodragon tells an offended Thor that Avengers membership is beneath him. And, in another scene, a recovered Janet Pym tells her husband Hank she is rejoining the Avengers with or without him. Alright, on to the book. Mm-hmm. Woohoo, George Perez! <laughs> yeah. And what do we got? I, I remember this not not so much from the Avengers, but from the Justice League, to where you would have both teams going down the sides yes. of, you know, yes. you. That is definitely a Justice League thing. They would do it on the cover, though. Uh, yeah, yeah, I remember it on the cover and on the inside sometimes. Did you catch the opening blurb that it's actually as if we're reading this comic, um. Like we're on the other Earth. Mm-hmm. Because it says, Welcome, dear reader. Right now, the invading Avengers are running rampant on this planet they call Other Earth. But do not despair. How long can they hope to escape the might of our own Squadron Supreme? In a fear-fraught epic we call 20,000 Leagues Under Justice. Now, 20,000 Leagues. What was the distance that the... JLA satellite was it twenty thousand miles above the Earth? Oh, that's a no, that's question. that would be too I, high. I don't know how twenty thousand. Uh, yeah, I don't feet. think it's. Or wait a minute, how long is a league? How far is a league? Hmm. I don't know. I wonder if it's. I wonder if that's what it was. Because how high was the Justice League satellite? I I know I know they would. Uh, let me look up what a league is. How far is a league? Riveting. I'm looking, Riveting I'm looking up the Justice League satellite. Okay. It's 22,300 miles above Earth. Miles. Okay, well, maybe it is a league. Maybe it is. Maybe that's a play on the Justice League. Because, well, well, wait a minute. Would the Justice League have their satellite at this period? Yes. In this, okay, that's right. How this, far this is the would be the satellite feet? One nautical league equals, whoa, 18,000 feet. Okay, and how many? 18,228 feet. Uh, okay, this is too much math. <laughs> oh, wait, how far is 20,000 leagues under the sea? <gasps> 60,000 miles. Mm, but the other one was 20,000, right? You said 22,000? 23,000. Uh, maybe it's a close. Because I was thinking, okay, because the squadron has their own satellite. 22,300 miles. Because the squadron has their own satellite, and I thought maybe... See, because... Okay, after our opening scene with the each team on... Uh, you've got the Squadron Supreme on the left, you've got the Avengers on the right, and in the middle you have a picture of Nelson Rockefeller telling everybody, good job, good work, Squadron. Your chief executive is proud of you. And it's kind of a repeat of the cover, which doesn't happen in this book. Yeah, I... I I'm a little surprised at that. The cover is one thing, but to do it on the splash page is, is another altogether. Uh, you know, yeah. I, I don't know why 
I don't know why either should be deceive, deceiving us. Maybe they should have just had a battle scene on the cover. Uh, I mean, because the battle that happens, that happened is the exact opposite. Because basically the squadron gets taken out at every turn. Yeah. Yeah, so I don't know. You know, but I, I can understand the cover a little bit misleading you on the cover just to... Right, because they want to buy you. You, you know, but, you know... But once you open the book, the, you know, the splash page should show something that's really happening. Right. It shouldn't just be a poster image of sorts. And then we but have... Unless, uh, unless the, the, their goal is, you know, they're showing you this from their perspective. This is what, you know, they... they uh, this is what the comic book would show on their earth. True, true. But then why would they tell the truth for the rest of the issue? <laughs> what? It says, scene, the Squadron Supreme's Rocket Central, which is a satellite in orbit above the Earth. And you can tell George Perez did this because he's got that style of wispy clouds. Yeah. That look like they're being stretched because the Earth, you know, they give the illusion that the Earth is uh, in in movement. It's all an illusion. And on board the satellite of love. Wait, no, that's Mystery Theater 3000. Uh, we have Amphibian, who's making poses in the mirror the wizard who's not moving tom thumb who's like uh, he's just the grumpiest guy you've ever seen yeah, he's a dwarf he's running towards the reader with his arms in the air waving like he just don't care yeah still no word and we have dr spectrum and captain hawk and no i am not mispronouncing that on purpose it's spelled c-a-p apostrophe n captain I don't know how else to say that. So, <laughs> Dr. Spectre tells Tom, relax, Tommy. <laughs> Picking on Tom Thumb. Uh, uh, Hyperion, Lady Lark, and the Golden Archer are sure to catch, and he whizzes around or turns around, and boom, they're there. And Lady Lark says, don't bet on it, Doctor. I have to report that we fail in our mission. And Hyperion is uh, doing a little bit of revisionist history. Oh, it was just bad luck. That's all it was. Now, I like the angle on that shot. Looking down yeah, at them. it's not. There's. I think there's another angle in here that I was. Uh, <clears throat> I, I was impressed with later, later on. But yeah, it's a shot of looking not directly overhead, but overhead and a little forward as you see people are walking towards you, but you're like at a high angle looking down at them. Yeah, it's, it's a pretty cool perspective, I think. And we get a recap of how Division basically um, owned Hyperion, and uh, Scarlet Witch <laughs> gave uh, Lady Lark a concussion. <laughs> and uh, there's um, still a little myth that the Avengers still have the crown, and... The archer's like, well, I wonder why that thing's so valuable, though. And Lady Lark's like, well, ours not to question why, honey. And Captain Hawk says, no, ours is to get that ancient talisman back. And look what our eyes, our spy eye in the sky is spotted now. And we have uh, a, a, an image of the Beast, Hellcat, Captain America, and Iron Man just strolling down the street. There they were, just a walking down the street. Looking for a vision in the Scarlet Witch. The other Avengers, what good will they do us? Bird in the hand is worth ransom. Trust, <laughs> trust Captain Hawk to know that spectrum. Captain! And then so I like uh, Tom Thumb is like pulling on Captain Hawk's <laughs> wing to get his attention. Yeah, and he's almost lighting it on fire because he's smoking a cigar. He reminds me more of Puck from Alpha Flight than... Yeah, that's uh, what I keep thinking. But I don't... I'm not sure Alpha Flight had been invented yet. No, I don't think so. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to think of when the Claremont-ish stuff was. Was that 78? Hmm. I'm not sure right. the dates on it, We're but I'm pretty sure this predates that. Well, yeah, this this... Came out the same month as X Men number ninety nine and uh, oh okay Alpha, Alpha Flight, Alpha Flight yeah. well what's his name uh, they were Vindicated, like Vindicator was in one oh nine 
Okay. But then yeah. Alpha, Alpha Flight was until, I think, 116, 120? 117, 120, somewhere around there. Yeah, when they came to pick them up at the airport. So this or... this has got to be at least a year before that. Mm, okay. So this is pre-Puck. I don't even know if Puck was in the original team. Now I think about it. I'm not sure. Oh, God. Tangent, tangent, stop us. So, uh, the other guys decide that uh, they're going to leave Hyperion, Lady Lark, and uh, the Golden Arches up on the Satellite of Love. And he's on down to Earth. And, and do what the big boy, do what the rest of them couldn't. Hold the fort, troops. We'll be back with those four in a flash. And then so, Hyperion. Oh, sorry, go ahead. So, so they're leaving the losers behind. Yeah. It's like you had your chance, you blew it. We're leaving you here. Don't worry, Hyperion. We always win out in the end. Yeah, and when we win, we win. Oh, how profound! There aren't yeah. any. <laughs> no, there aren't any. There aren't any loose ends or questions like there are in Avengers cases I've seen, and I think that's a little meta uh, commentary on uh, how in DC, you know, the heroes are much more. Uh, their victories are much more complete. You know, Marvel's Marvel was pro- producing more yeah. mellow, melodramatic comics at that time. Mm-hmm. And we cut to the uh, wow! It's the international headquarters of the Cadre Cartel in Cosmo- Cosmopolis. Cos- Cosmopolis. I think it's Cosmopolis. Cosmopolis. Gee, and there's a there's a building with a giant C on it with a serpent wrapped around it. Hmm. <laughs> Mm. No, nothing says good like that. <laughs> nothing says good like a serpent wrapped right around a letter. And we have a uh, we have the world's. Uh, uh, but why are the Avengers here, anyways? Being spoken by the building. <laughs> why even involve them in our affairs? As we cut to a boardroom scene, and it says that decision was made by the serpent represented on their world, gentlemen, as was his right. Which I'm like, really? Why is that his right to dump his problems on your world? But then he continues, need I remind you that that the country your corporations and mine run out there was captured for us by the crown's alien brilliance? Now it wishes to extend its control to the Avengers Earth. And their executives and their executives face the same problems we once did. Oh, so you dumped your problems on another world too? Yeah, whatever. Yeah. We're captains of industry, gentlemen. Generals wage war on the battlefield and we wage war in the marketplace. This is sounding a little too meta to today. If if one of our allies felt we could handle his enemies better than he, then I, for one, take that as a compliment. Oh, so they're saying, hey, because it made us our problem, we're better. Yeah, right. Well, that's the way he's reading it. Besides, the Squadron Supreme will be doing all the fighting. (laughs) So very conveniently, before they engage any of the villains, the heroes decide to split up into two groups. Oh, of course, because they have to find uh, Wanda and the Vision. Mm-hmm. It's just very convenient, <laughs> timing-wise. Yeah, so they split up. <laughs> and Beast of, uh, you know, Iron Man, uh, Cap says, Iron Man, will, Iron Man and I will search in the north and east, Beast. And Beast says, Roger Wilco, Cap, the Hellcat, and I will go the other way, and we'll be in Scotland, uh, Scotland euphoria. And Beast wait waxes poetic about he's wondering if this world even has a Scotland. Or Scott Towels for that matter. Or, or Scott it, Gardner's. Does does our world have a cosmopolis? Hmm. Don't think so. And they start discussing Hellcat's uh her her level of being prepared to be a hero. And she thinks she's ra- raring to go. And behind her you see Captain Hawk swooping down. Uh, <laughs> ready to he, cut he, her head off. He's using whatever it was that Spock and Kirk fought each other with in a muck time. Or at least what that crab has in that video. Yeah. <laughs> I love that crab. Anybody who doesn't know what we're saying, or do do Star Trek fight song crab on YouTube, and you can watch away. So B sees him coming and yells, gives a look out. And he smashes the, because uh, basically it's a big long pole, and on one end it's got a giant morning star head. 
and the other end is like a two-bladed scythe. Scythe. So he smashes the the Morning Star in the ground. Beast grabs it, does a nice nice maneuver, kicking him in the face. Uh, breaks that thing in half only after he's blasted by Tom Thumb, who's flying around on a uh, I like a little, a little mini one-person fantastic car. Well, I, I, I was going to say uh, a Roomba on steroids. <laughs> <laughs> and up from the sewers, ew, <laughs> comes Amphibian. And he's trying like, to turn on the charm. Uh, yeah, what, does he have uh, Does he have some other powers? No, I don't think so. I just think he's uh, got a big Well, did you notice? He was looking in the mirror before, and you know, now he's Well, when he turns and... And holds his hand up to her. He says, it's not our habit on this earth to harm the weaker sex. And then you look at his face. He's got a... His tooth is gleaming. You see it? Mm-hmm. Ding! So why not simply surrender? And she's like, wow! <laughs> Wax him right in the chest. Walk, talk! And then she, she takes him out fairly easy, because he dives after her. She just jumps out of the way. He goes through a window into a store, and he's pretty much unconscious at that point. Well, you notice he goes through a fish market store? Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's got the fish on him. And there's there's a sign down at his feet that says Filet of Flounder. <laughs> Sorry. Chuckle, chuckle. But you think, like, like the ice would have woke him up, the water. Because I, <laughs> I, I, I honestly thought he was going to, like, that was a mistake. That, like, the like like the Submariner, to where if you hit him with water, it would strengthen him or revitalize him, wake him up. Yeah, I, but, I thought the same thing. But no, he didn't come back. So Beast gives another yell, and um, Tom Thumb <laughs> shoots her with paste. Ew. It's like a kindergarten S- student. <laughs> no, it's Splue. <laughs> Splue. There's no end to Tom Thumb's tricks. So she, yeah, she's on the ground covered in paste. I don't know where he fitted in that module he's flying around in, but yeah, well, he had plenty of it. It was compressed. It was compressed paste. But she shoots her claws up and grabs the side of his uh, module, mm-hmm. and, then, and then Beast pulls on him and crashes it on the ground. Oh yeah, and he, he gets out angry and says, "You know, my module—it's mutilated. Blast it! That was six months' work." And he starts going after the Beast, but the Beast. Kind of holds him back with a with a palm in his face, and then just bonks him on the head with his fist and knocks him out. That's such a horrible move for people that are shorter than you that don't have the arm reach, but effective. You just hear Randy Newman singing as the as this goes. Short on. people got Tom Thumb. So yeah, and Tom Thumb was all like everything that. That everybody said he was, you know, oh, whose hair, what, you know, the beast, like he was insulting everybody. He was calling Beast Harry, then he called him a giant, and then Beast knocked his butt out. Yeah. And Beast calls him grumpy, so. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And um, so while Beast is uh, reveling in his victory, uh,. Patsy notices uh, coming up behind him is Captain Hawk. Now he's got a like he's got a katana. What? And and is it? Uh, he's like yeah, Tom where, Thumb. Where does he fr- keep this while he's flying? I don't know because he says Tom Thumb was my Tom Thumb was my friend monster. We've worked we've worked together a long time. Unfortunately for you, my head is as hard as my supply of special weapons is inexhaustible. But where does he get them from? Where does he keep them? <laughs> well, I have... Let me see. I have uh, up here... Powers and abilities. That's not annoying at all. Sorry. Hmm. Because I pulled up... Well, I pulled up Blue Eagle. Because that's what came up when I tried to type in Captain Hawk. Because there was the Blue Eagle, and he went by different aliases. He was uh, he was the Blue Eagle, an American Eagle, and then as Captain Hawk, and then finally as the Blue Eagle. 
So, really all it says is Blue Eagle wears a specially special designed flying suit of synthetic stre- stretch fabric equipped with artificial wings on his back, enabling natural wing flight. That was designed by his father, James Dorr Sr., the original American Eagle, and his mother, Adrian, Adriana Dorr. These wings had an anti-gravity effect that allowed Dorr to fly. The Blue Eagle costume could be enhanced with a shield, light armor, and a protective helmet. Shield magic helmet. Dorr was a highly skilled was highly skilled in hand-to-hand combat, specializing in aerial combat. He demonstrated a wide variety of skill with ancient melee weapons, but doesn't say where he's pulling them from. Hmm. Okay, so we have no answer. Yes, we so have he, no answer today. He takes his blade and he's heading right for the beast who's got a door behind him. Hassan Chop! And, and Beast well, dives out of the way. And goodbye. Captain Hawk goes right into the door and crash. <sighs> and he's unconscious inside the door, which is shattered. So basically, they take these three out pretty quick. And then we have an interlude with Thor carrying Moondragon across the country. Four four panels, yeah. Thor and uh, Moondragon are chucking along, and uh, Thor is basically so Moondragon, thou would speak with me of matters urgent. They're flying along, and it's like, oh, you know, how long were they flying before you said that? <laughs> I so would, weird. Thor. I would ask you. Why you remain? Wait, that's a terrible. That's not a good Moon Dragon voice. No, I, I would say her voice is closer to your vision. And <laughs> I would, Thor. I would ask you why you remain an Avenger. Mm, I don't know. That's not a good one either. Eh? I can hear God. Eh? Eh? <laughs> what an eh? odd question. You talking to me? What? I'm an Avenger because my hammer must ever strike for justice and honor. <laughs> Truth, justice, in the American way. Justice and honor. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, on a side note, so some of the, the scuttlebutt today was that Henry Cavill may not be Superman again because they may not be doing any Superman films anytime soon. Mm-hmm, that's great. And I don't know no if you saw to do any Superman movies. Yeah, you know. Just keep pumping out them Batman and Joker movies. Yeah, exactly. I, I don't even don't even want to go there. Yep. So Terrence called the slumming, do they not? What? But I hear that is Darth Vader. What? <laughs> well, a god seeing how the other half lives. Why else would you leave a realm of immortals to surround yourself with men and women nowhere near your strength? Even Iron Man and in the sexist comment of the week, silence, woman. <laughs> More next month. So we're going to draw that out as long as we can. And now we have Battle of the Century Part 3, although Part 1 really wasn't much to speak about. Well, no, that was Part 2. We just I, I know. Part 1 was, was in the last issue. Oh, was it? Oh, okay. My bad. I, misunder- I, well, I didn't go back and reread the last issue. My mistake. I'm pretty sure that was the... Uh... I, I, I cede your point. Okay. So here we have two other interesting shots. These were the two that I was thinking of because we have the one where you're looking up from the ground, looking over like you're. It's like you're sitting on the ground. You're a little teeny tiny little person sitting. You're only like three inches high, looking up at Cap and Iron Man walking towards you, and way off in the distance above them, you see um, uh, Doctor Spectrum and the Wizard flying overhead then the next panel you have the exact flipped opposite scene you're now a bird flying behind dr spectrum and the wizard looking down at cap and iron man the only criticism i have of the second panel is that the ground is the same color as the sky in the previous picture they should have maybe colored that a slightly different color it should be black top but i don't know i would have accepted brown a light brown-ish, but not blue. No, I agree. It shouldn't be blue, but I don't know if they did it with black. If you know, if that would somehow well, yeah, then it might have been hard to make problems a with the panel, or just maybe that was too much black, you know, like on, on a panel. I don't know. Mm-hmm. So the wizard goes on the attack, and he he comes from Wicker World, which we haven't visited in a few days. 
or a few issues. Wicker World? Yeah, what the, am I... behind him in the close-up shot of his face. Oh, <laughs> okay, yeah. All right, yeah. We had dealt with that earlier in the uh, in the saga. So he, yeah, he takes okay. both of them out. I don't know how much speed should do to Iron Man's armor, but he takes them out with it. Knocks them both down. I mean, because he's really only... I mean, he's just... I don't... Does the wizard generate any, like, field? Like, I could see him knocking Cap down just by his speed and Cap being unaware, but Iron Man, I wouldn't think, would be as taken unawares because of the weight of his armor, but I don't know. Yeah, so as they regain their composure, uh, Dr. Spectrum uh, whacks Iron Man <laughs> with a uh, Spectrum... Like- Wrecking ball type fist thing. You know, a big ball construct clang. And as Captain America looks. He's like Greek lightning. (laughs) (laughs) Captain America looks at that while the wizard uh, goes on the offensive, punching him in the face. Stop hitting yourself. Stop hitting yourself. Dr. Spectrum has transformed that uh, wrecking ball into a giant fist, and he's using it to squeeze Iron Man and. Uh, it says he's going to open him like a tube of toothpaste. <laughs> and Iron Man's thought is his prism's power is limitless. Wizard and then, uh, runs circles yep. around Cap, you know, causing an, uh, an airstream to lift him up into the air. Then he comes then, crashing down on the ground with a big chunk. And then Cap is mad. That sinks it, mister. You've just made me mad. It's not enough... It's not enough that you sold out your country, but no, you have to enjoy it too. And then here we get a little expedition. Expedition. Jeez. Exposition. Exposition. Here it is. The country changed, Avenger. That's all. And the Squadron Supreme changed with it. When I told Iron Man we'd sold out, all I meant was that we started drawing paychecks from corporate men. But But the cartel runs the country, so what does it matter? And, and, and he, he vibrates to let the shield go through him at that point, then runs over and punches Captain America and stands over his, uh, stands over him who, you know, he's on the ground. And while he's reveling in his apparent victory, Captain America's shield returns and whams him in the back of the neck. <sighs> you have a problem with that? Yes, I have a problem with that. Go ahead. They should have at least showed it ricocheting off something. His shield does not have the power to just do a freaking U-turn in midair. It did a U-turn in midair. It, uh, it's not supposed to. Well, you didn't tell it that. I can ex- I can accept him bouncing it off of everything. I can't accept that it just does a magical U-turn in midair. I'm sorry. Well, it, so, I mean, if you want to try and think it out, you could say, you know, he put some sort of English on it in the throw in order to make He's it not that. Captain Australia. But He's Captain he, America. Even if he did, he wasn't throwing it unless he, he, you'd have to say that he was anticipating that the wizard he would vibrate. He put some backspin on it. Yeah, some English. You, you go, go play some pool, alright? In order to put English on something, it has to be on a surface where there's friction. It's flying through the air. This does not work. I call bullshit on this. Don't shush me. I will have my say. <laughs> no, you're right, but you got to just kind of go by it. Flam. Moving on. <laughs> moving on, we have a uh, oh well, a where's... letter and lettuce page from Joe Duffy. Oh, you just got yeah, and Peter Sanderson. Why don't I know Peter Sanderson? Uh, I'm trying to think. Oh, I looked this up earlier. I know. I'm horrible. Oh, uh, Peter Sanderson was also a comics writer. I do not remember off the top of my head what he wrote. As we are both feverishly typing. Comics book critic and historian. Oh, as well as instructor lecturer. New York Contributed as a researcher on the Ohatmu. Oh. So the hmm. writer of the Marvel Saga and Wolverine Saga Limited series. Interesting. Okay, I was unfamiliar with him. His research was used by Len Wein to write Who's Who in the DC Universe? Hmm. Yeah. Oh, okay. He's the man. All right, so, so yeah, and so also, they both have letters in there. Yes. 
as well as Valard Edding. I don't know who that is, but he has a letter in there, or she. Uh, I don't think that's a real person. Maybe. Maybe. Rabbit. So then we cut to uh, cut back to the scene. We don't actually cut back to it. We are still at the scene where Wizzer is laying on the ground, unconscious, but Iron Man is still uh, in the grip of the giant hand. But Dr. Spectrum is distracted, and it seems to, to be all the time these guys get distracted. Uh, but distracted by uh, what's going on with uh, Wizzer, and Iron Man is able to reach his chest control while he's distracted, and use an ultraviolet beam to nullify the gem by going beyond its, the range of its spectrum. And that's apparently redoing a trick that he used against Dr. Spectrum in Iron Man number 64. Doesn't it look like he's tweaking his nipple? Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> it's my Doing iron nipple. The purple nipple. <laughs> Which apparently is the ultraviolet nipple. The ultra-purple nipple. Get it? Ultraviolet, ultra-purple, never mind. So with the two of them unconscious, our heroes are now joined up with by the Beast, Scarlet Witch, Vision, and Hellcat. They've all managed to uh, come together. And uh, Beast calls the, uh, the Serpent Crown, this world's only genuine serpent toupee. <laughs> and Vision is carrying it. And they give us a little re-exposition about uh, what happened last. You know, they catch their friends up on how the the crown almost took her mind. And then uh, we need to escape this world. We dare not depart. We do what we can to save it. Listen up. And we cut back to our world. Where Hank and Jan, Yellow Jacket and the Wasp are sharing a hospital room still. From I don't know, it was a couple of issues ago when they. That's, was it before they went to the Wild West? They must have been. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, because I'm trying to remember what. Uh... Hmm. So yeah, it's uh, I guess it's in the days before uh, HMOs, because they're, they're apparently just you know pretty much recovered and still. Not oh, hospital. it was from now, Whirlwind. It was in episode 139, I believe. Yeah, they would send them home so quick now, you know. <laughs> In this instance, they let them totally recover there. But uh, the two of them are debating whether or not to go back as heroes because the Wasp says she's going to do it, but Hank isn't so sure. More on that in a few issues. Then we cut back to uh, the White House. Or we cut to the White House. Where the defeated Squadron Supreme is talking to, theoretically, Nelson Rockefeller. And uh, Rockefeller gives his whole speech about uh, I and all the other corporate and conglomerate executives who have taken control of this country. We, we run your lives and you don't even know it. Since so few of us have stepped from oh, behind sorry. the scenes. Zuckerberg! <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. I had something in my throat. So he, he goes on and on about the heinous acts that they're uh, committing. until. Disney. Until Hyperion grabs a hold of him, and he reveals himself as the Beast wearing a Nelson Rockefeller mask that no one I, realized was a mask. He's like, you know, Tom Cruise in, uh, or, uh, you know, one of the guy, or, uh, you know, from Mission Impossible, the old TV show, and the movies. At least those are, like, you know, different pieces and, and appliances that are on them. This is just a one-piece mask. This is a Michael Myers mask from Halloween. Hey, man, the Beast was a master of the one-piece mask. Remember when he used to parade around as himself? They needed, they needed to get the image inducer going before they did, because it would have made this much more believable. Mm-hmm. Well, plus you've been like, you know, <laughs> So the, the Beast hightails it out of there before they can all attack him. And then as they slip away out the, the uh, where the real, the, the real, Rockefeller is trussed up, and he's actually going. <laughs> in, in his uh, in his boxers, and he's hang, hanging by his t-shirt. Yeah. Of course, Iron Man says, "There's no machine I can't understand. I've worked it out, Cap. We'll need some, but we'll need some time to make use of it. 
that will be my department as uh, the Scarlet Witch. Well, we pass a hostess Twinkie's ad, but the Scarlet Witch turns a potted plant into Cthulhu. <laughs> Great Xenon, the plant. While that's going on, Iron Man gets the uh, Guardian of Forever to open up. <laughs> and they all go through to go back to their world. And as they do, the Squadron Supreme has a little pause for thought about what's really been going on in their world and what the Beast had said. And that will lead into, because the next time, like you see, because I saw my thing up with the Blue, Blue, Blue Eagle, we're going to, next time we'll see them, we'll be in like Thor 280, and then the Defenders 112 to 115, and then after that is when they have their mini-series, well, maxi-series, Squadron Supreme, and that's where, at that point, they've taken over the Earth. For the good of the Earth. For the good of humanity. Yeah. Yeah. Next, you know, the grand for you. finale. I like the shot of them all flying through space. Space, the Avengers frontier. But would they all have to be like that? <laughs> oh, I forgot they take the serpent crown with them too. Mm-hmm. So to be continued next issue, next time on Avengers Spotlight on an old Avengers Spotlight. <laughs> we can have the. The locksmith. So wasn't this in the last issue? <laughs> yes, yeah, so it was. You can he, works, he works with Dick Jones. <laughs> uh, I was just looking around through the ads. I think this this the hostess ad was in the last one too. So yeah, the guy looks like Gene Shalit with blonde hair. Yes. I think all these ads are repeated. Uh, Motor's easy two-step repair method helps you fix almost any part of almost any car fast. You're right. Two-step well, repair those, method. Those, those repair manuals, though, those, those, you know, they were like annual books that came out. And back before the Internet, you used to see those in garages. They'd have, you know, like in the mm. office, they'd have a bunch of those because they'd be able to look up specific parts for specific cars and that type of thing. Well, you know... I made fun of this, but um, I had for my uh, I had a '95 Dodge Ram. I I bought a Chilton's manual mm-hmm. uh, for my truck so I could get the right parts and stuff. So I guess I shouldn't make fun of things like that because I've I've used them. Shouldn't have said that. I'm a I'm a bad boy. Are we gonna grade this? Are we just yeah gonna... we sh- oh yeah we should. You want to go or should I? Uh, we'll just do it together like we have been. Right. Uh, cover, even though it doesn't take place and we've had some discussion about who really did it, I like this cover. liked it so much I bought it as a larger size uh, book or a larger size plaque. Uh, I'm going to give it an A+. I'm going to give it just an A because I, I don't like Captain Hawk's face. Well, he's like, because he's like staring at you, right at you. Yeah, I just don't like the way it looks. So and you know I'm, what? I'm dropping it down to just a regular A. It's got the white space in the background. You know, I'm going to drop it to an A because it's got the white background. I wish it had like something else in the background. I'm kind of okay with the white on this one. I feel like it's, mm. it looks all right. But I just think it's an A, not an A+. All right. Interior art. I got no problems with the interior art. Just that one thing about the wish the ground had been a different color, maybe colored a little darker. But that's I'm not even going to take anything off of that. I, there was nothing really, no anatomy issues, nothing... You know, good use of angles, the panels. You know, it's not just a standard nine-panel grid. It's it's changing throughout. I, I think this is an A plus interior. Yeah, record. yeah. Now the story. I just call. I'll, I'm dropping a like a a couple points for the hokiness of spinning the shield in midair. I mean, it's a lot of. I. I mm, I think the Avengers kind of defeat the squadron a little too easily, making them look like chumps. But I guess if they're making them a Justice League analog, that's kind of how they're doing a little tongue-in-cheek with the competition, I guess. So I think I'm still going to give the story like a A-. minus. Yeah, I, I'm going to drop slightly from that and say a B plus. Mm. I like the story, but there are some points where it just moves along too quickly as far as the battles. I would like to see the battles drawn out just a little bit more yeah yeah i would have liked to have seen um the wizard not 
tricked by the same thing twice. I'm not not, not the wizard, uh, Doctor Spectrum. Yeah, that's that's true. Good point. Uh, so I think overall, I'd probably give the book a B plus. Yeah, I'll give it a minus B plus. Right right on the edge there. Then now that does it for Avengers 148. (laughs) And next time around, we'll do 149. Whether it's us or us and Scott, I don't know. We'll see what the the time brings us. And beyond that, we don't know what we're going to do. We might take a little bit of a break from long arcs. Yeah, I think I'd like to do maybe... uh, Some one-off issues. Yeah, some some, 102 issue uh, stories. Yeah. At least for a little while before we pick up another long one. Or maybe jump to another series. Avengers series. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. Anybody got any real good suggestions, let us know. I can't promise you we'll do them, but we'll always listen to your suggestions as far as considering them. Mm Mm-hmm. And that's it. So we'll see you next time. Bye-bye, everybody. Thank you so much for listening to our show, and we hope you'll continue to join us each and every week for more good old-fashioned comic book back-issue awesomeness. You can contact Back to the Bins to leave feedback, comments, questions, suggestions, and criticisms via email at backtothebins at gmail.com or by joining the Back to the Bins group on Facebook. Back to the Bins is a proud affiliate of the Two True Freaks Internet Radio Network, which you may find at www.twotruefreaks.com. Two True Freaks is a registered trademark of DiManzo Corps of Milan, Italy. All rights reserved. Each and every month, the Two True Freaks Network produces dozens of new and exciting episodes which regularly reach tens of thousands of loyal listeners worldwide. Sponsorship and or advertising opportunities are available. Inquiries may be made via email to twotruefreaks at gmail.com. Please take a moment to stop by the twotruefreaks.com site and check out their many other fine podcasts, won't you? Thanks, and we'll see you next week. Nah, that sucks.